This is the StoryCast. I'm Russell Silva. We are mortal. The very essence of life itself means that life eventually goes away. But what if something inside of you right now was in and of itself immortal? It's amazing how all the pieces come together sometimes in life. All of those interlocking chains and dominoes that create a butterfly effect that evolves into something entirely beautiful. And there was something growing inside of Henrietta Lacks that would save the lives of humankind. And it just might be your saving grace someday. Henrietta Lacks is immortal, and her story all starts and ends with a little good old-fashioned reproduction. In 1860, a tobacco plantation owner in Virginia named Benjamin Lacks took a black mistress from among his slaves. She bore him two children, and for two generations, the Lacks family worked their master's field. Remember the Lacks, they're important here. But first, enter the Pleasant family. She was born Loretta Pleasant on August 1st, 1920, to African-American parents Eliza and Johnny of Roanoke, Virginia. When she was just four years old, her mother passed away as she was giving birth to her 10th child. The widower, Johnny Pleasant, then distributed his household children to relatives throughout Virginia, but not before Loretta's many siblings would decide on a nickname for her before they all went their separate ways in life. Loretta would be Henny or Henrietta. So, Henrietta Pleasant, ended up in her grandfather's log cabin that had once served as the plantation's slave quarters for the Lacks family just a generation before. She shared a room with her distant cousin, nine-year-old David Day Lacks, four years her senior, and set out to start a new life with a new family, working the tobacco fields from a young age, the same fields slaving away that so many of her ancestors who came before her, cutting the stalk, pulling the leaves, bagging the harvest, the same now as it had been before. Just a short decade later, as hormones or love or what have you would have it, Henrietta would give birth to a son, Lawrence, at the age of 14. The father, her roommate Day, would also provide her with a daughter, Elsie, just four years later. Just before her 21st birthday, Henrietta and Day would be married and move their little family to Maryland, where Day would start work in the Bethlehem Steel Company. It was wartime. There was money to be made. There in Maryland, Henrietta and Day would have three more bundles of joy, Sonny, Deborah, and Joseph. The growing family of seven received a cash gift from a distant cousin and bought a house in Baltimore County. All these details are important. They're all flaps of the butterfly's wings. Always looking up, that perfect feeling of immortality that we all fall into sometimes. But here's where the story takes a turn, a sad turn. But this is not a hopeless story. This is not a story of grief and misery. This is a story of hope and how life somehow always seems to come together. The littlest one, Joseph, was only four months old when Henrietta Lacks walked into Johns Hopkins that day in January of 1951. It was the only hospital in the entire area that would even treat a black patient. And so it goes. She wanted to see a doctor because she felt a knot in her womb. She'd been telling family for a while, but everyone just thought she was expecting again, but Henrietta knew something wasn't right. 
The doctors discovered that she had had a hemorrhage after giving birth to her fifth child. So let's walk that back. Her mother's death had forced the move at four. The move had brought her together with Daylax. She and Day had a litter of children. The fifth birth caused the hemorrhage. Undetected, it caused the pain. The pain brought her to that hospital. The hospital led to the tests, and the tests led to yet another discovery. Epidermoid carcinoma of the cervix. Just a fancy way of saying cervical cancer. So there, in 1951, she would be archaically treated with radium tube inserts and x-ray exposure, but not before yet another extraordinary discovery which would reshape the future of modern medicine. A sample of the cancerous cells had been biopsied and harvested from Henrietta's cervix and given to a lead Johns Hopkins cancer researcher right down the hall, George Otto Guy. Guy's life work had been focused on the human cell, the basic building block he was convinced that held the key to curing cancer. For 20 years, he'd been trying to grow human cells in test tubes. Now, two divergent things happen almost simultaneously for the beautiful cells that made up Henrietta Lacks. Just a few months later, she would be admitted to the hospital for severe abdominal pain during a routine follow-up. At the age of 31, Henrietta would pass away with an autopsy showing the cancer having metastasized throughout her entire body. Concurrently, the cancer researcher Guy was observing over and over again that Henrietta's biopsied cells from the original mass would oddly keep reproducing at a high rate and not die off within a matter of days as other cancer cells. All other cancer research had been bogged down by lab workers spending most of their time and effort just trying to keep cells alive. But Henrietta's cells, they were different. They could divide an unlimited number of times in an ideal lab setting environment. The very cancer cells that killed Henrietta Lacks refused to die. They were immortal. This never-before-seen reproducing cancer cell allowed for the Johns Hopkins researchers to study their lights out with a never-ending supply of cells multiplying, creating even more offspring and reproducing more. Upon news of Henrietta's unfortunate death, the lab stepped into action, harvesting cells throughout her body, removing the cells, culturing the samples, experimenting on cell lines, and ever-labeling every last test tube filled with those wretchedly beautiful cells it just wouldn't die off. H-E-L-A. They would write over and over as fast as the cells could reproduce. H-E-L-A. Letters, according to Guy's personal labeling standard, the first two letters of the donors, both first and last names. Hela. The immortal cells that killed Henrietta Lacks, but would transform modern medicine. The ability to rapidly reproduce Hela cells led to medical breakthroughs in biomedical research. By 1954, scientists used HALA to develop the polio vaccine. Those same HALA cells were shipped around the globe for research into various cancers, AIDS, radiation poisoning, and other deadly diseases. In fact, for the first time ever, live human cells could be reliably tested 
just about anywhere imaginable, from cosmetic labs to outer space. HALA cells went everywhere. Many scientists believe that the cells held the key to human immortality and could even propagate the evolution of a new human species. HALA cells were first successfully cloned in 1955. Since Henrietta was biopsied that day, more than 20 tons of her immortal cells have been reproduced to this day, logging nearly 11,000 individual medical patents based on her cells, 60,000 plus scientific articles, and increasingly more than 300 papers discussing HALA per month. Henrietta's same cells are still used today in ongoing studies to fight countless viruses, develop vaccinations, and remain pivotal in groundbreaking cancer research. Now, before you go on getting all rah-rah for science and cancer research and George Guy, it's important to note that this was all before HIPAA regulations and E-charts and, well, the civil rights movement. This was, after all, the only hospital in the area that would even admit an African-American woman. So as Henrietta's cells were biopsied and harvested and poured over in labs, her family never found out. In fact, Guy claimed the HALA cells came from a white woman a Helen Lane, or Helen Larson, conveniently. It would take another 30 years of aging paper trails and odd medical requests for the next generation of the Lacks family to eventually put all the pieces together. So all along, Henrietta was saving the lives of children with polio and getting scientists and lab techs really, really excited. And nobody knew the true origin story of Hala. Four letters. H-E-L-A. All because Henrietta Lacks had a child, well, five of them, and went to the doctor one day, and got sick, and passed away, and left behind a husband and a litter of children, just like her mother did. But Henrietta Lacks is not dead. She is immortal. Her very cells have saved countless lives, and if even just for a bit, she might make you immortal one day too. In 1951, Henrietta Lacks was buried at an unknown location in the Lacks Family Cemetery, just off of Laxtown Road in Clover, Virginia. But her location is not unknown. Henrietta Lacks is everywhere. Her epitaph at a memorial placed in 2010 reads, Henrietta Lacks, August 1st, 1920 to August 4th, 1951. In loving memory of a phenomenal woman, wife and mother who touched the lives of many, here lies Henrietta Lacks, Hela. Her immortal cells will continue to help mankind forever. Eternal love and admiration from your family. The Storycast was written and produced by myself. I tweet at Russell Silva. Today's show was entirely scored with incredible music by the talented Scott Holmes. If you want to learn more about Henrietta Lacks, 
Check out The Way of All Flesh, a documentary by the BBC, 1997, or read The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot, 2010. And if you like what you hear here, please head over to iTunes and leave this podcast a quick review. If you're out there, I'd love to hear from you. The StoryCast will return at the end of March with another chapter of life that tells the story of us through a common thread. So until next time, think, feel, and wonder a little bit more.